Hello and welcome to the Grace on Fire show. I'm your host, Carrie Stanley. I'm a mom of twin boys, a nature lover, a travel adventure junkie, and the founder of the Grace on Fire movement. First, I want to say thank you for tuning in here. I'm on a mission to support women to live a fully aligned life that is on fire through nature, soul-fulfilling retreats. I'm bringing this show to life to share the many stories of others and my own of what truly following the God whispers really looks like. I'm a big believer that we can step into the life that we are being called to and that the journey looks different for each and every woman. In the show, you'll learn powerful lessons, learn a variety of tools, hear from different faith backgrounds, and hear the real backstories in all different stages of what it really looks like to step out in faith and live a life that is grace on fire. Let's tune in. Welcome to today's show. It is a Just Between Friends episode, friends that are listening in. I don't know, are any of you friends, fans? <laughs> I It's still one of my favorite shows, one of my favorite comedy shows, series ever. And I think it's just because they're so real. I think part of it too is they were my age, so it was fun to see them growing up alongside me but that is the power of having people that you're doing life with and so I decided to start up this series called just between friends because when I'm having these conversations they aren't interview style as much as when I might have a guest on just as much as they are me hanging out with one of my besties one of the absolute favorite people that I just love to do life with on a regular basis. And we're just going to tape some episodes for you every once in a while where we just talk like we normally do. We have some conversations and we wanted to share them with you. So today is none other than one of my absolute besties, Wendy McKenna. So I hope you enjoy the very first Just Between Friends and let us know how you like it. If you don't like it, don't let us know. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, let us know how you like it, enjoy it, and know that we will be back on the regular. And we might have some other friends join us too, or you might see one of my other besties on too. So have a good one and enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Grace on Fire show. I It's so funny. I said this a couple of weeks ago when Tina Paulus Krauss was on the show. And I was like, how is it possible that you have actually not been on the show? And it's the same thing for you. And it's so bizarre that like one of my closest friends in the entire world has never been on the show. So Welcome to the show, Wendy McKenna. Yay, I'm here. It's so excited to be here. We've been talking about it for a really long time. I think it's just, it's kind of like when you live in a city where all the tourist attractions are there and it's like, it's there all the time. So it's like, well, it could be there any moment. We could go here anytime, but you never do until someone comes out of town and then you take them around and you realize, wow, I live here and this could happen all the time. So it's kind of like that. We are together all the time. All the time and <laughs> talking about creating stuff together all the time. So, uh, so I'm super excited about, I was like, I'm ready to dive in and we get to, and I'm super excited about this conversation. 
And for those of you that don't know, Wendy McKenna is one of my absolute best friends. We have been doing life together since the presidential election on 2000, 2016. 2016, yeah. That's when we met. And uh, we have just become besties ever since and supported each other. I I was recently doing a, a post on Facebook where I talked about who's in your corner and being super selective on who's in your corner. And Wendy's been somebody who's been in my corner in all the ways for the last, what, six years? Is that seven? Oh, no, wait. oh my gosh, that's Almost. more than six like years. That. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So my math is off. <laughs> yeah. So so I want to introduce you by you just having a quick like who is Wendy? Because you're so embedded in my world, but not all the listeners know who Wendy is. And I also want to say this is something that we're going to create on the regular. We've committed. So she's going to be on the show on a really regular basis. So Wendy. Who are oh my you? goodness. So who am I? Who is Wendy McKenna? Let's see. I'm a wife of 20 years. I'm a mom of three kids, two teenagers and a 10 year old. I am a pediatric physical therapist for 22 years, transitioning into a new career in transformational leadership um, at my edge and growing and scared and frightened of it and stepping into it every day. <laughs> and I, um, I'm just someone who I love life. I love what life gives us and offers us on a daily basis from the sunrise and the sunset to all of the challenges and, and magic and miracles that happen in between. And just someone who I, I love people and I love thinking about the humanity of oneness and connection and, I love being able to see beyond behaviors, whether they're the behaviors of my kids or friends or strangers and really asking like, wow, what occurred in this person's life? What is their interpretation of what's going on that's having them be this way? And is, is there a way to shift it? Is there a way to make it a possibility of love? And I, you know, the answer to me is always yes, even if it's really hard and long and and some might say that's pie in the sky, but, you know, living life that way has just been such a blessing because possibilities show up that would not have occurred otherwise. And beautiful people like you are in my life because of it. And, you know, I feel like I'm, you know, I'm going to be 49 this year and I feel like my life is just starting and that's really exciting. So that's me in a nutshell. I, when I was thinking about back to what you were saying, I was just giving a talk up at an event a couple of days ago. And I was talking about, we, we, if we want to go fast, go alone. If we want to go far, go together. And I'm thinking about just our own journey over the last however many years we just talked about of we weren't in a space, even when we met that we truly understood either one of us that truly understood the power of actually even what that quote meant. And, and I even think through the, the quality of the friendships that I had before I had great friendships before, but I had a small amount of friendships and they didn't have the same support level, this 
hold me to what I really want level. It was more, let me just, uh, let me just dive on into whatever mess you're in and just be in it with you instead yes. of, <laughs> um, instead of really standing for, and I had a few, don't get me wrong. I mean, I had a few, but from the greater, the greater of how many women and men are out there that want to rally around you and people that are winning in their life want to help you win too and having that quality in your life. So can you talk a little bit about what, where that shift started for you? Because that's not always been the case. No. And, and as you were speaking, what came up for me is like what it was, was when my now 16 year old was born, you know, we, I went, when she was six months old, went to a mommy and me baby and me group. And, and it was wonderful to meet all the other moms who were going through the same thing and has having a lot of the same challenges. And, and, you know, we would talk about it and it was like, wow, I can like, people know what I'm talking about. Like they know what I'm going through. And, and, you know, it's, I'm not alone. Like it felt lonely, but I'm not alone. And there are people there. And, and yet every week when we met, it was the same story every single time. And I'm like, okay, I get that we get to get it out. And I, and I appreciate that, but why does it need to be the same story every week? Like, can we grow a little, like, can it be at least a different story? <laughs> so I just got frustrated because it, to me, it started feeling just like a complaint fest mm -hmm. where you just kind of release it and get it out. But then there's no commitment to going above and, and going to the next level and up-leveling as a person to be like, well, does it really have to be this way? And I, and I felt like I was surrounded by people. Oh, this is just the way it is. It's like acceptance of it. Yeah. It's like, acceptance, but like, I get to tolerate this because this is the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, exactly. And so I, and, and, and some may say, well, that's surrender. That's a beautiful thing. And I'm like, well, but no, because it's my interpretation. I mean, yes, what's going on is what's going on, but the interpretation wasn't changing. Mm -hmm. And that's what got to really transform. It's just like, okay, so yeah, the same things might be happening. I'm going to have the blowouts with the poopy diaper still, and I'm going to have the, I'm late to another appointment again. And how can my interpretation about that occur so that it gets up-leveled? And I didn't feel like that was occurring in my friendships. Mm -hmm. until really you and I met and I saw like, oh gosh, I don't think I've ever had anyone hold me to my word <laughs> as an accountability buddy first and then a budding friendship. Um, I think that I was always doing really well in my life anyway. And people just like, I could get away with stuff. Like mm -hmm. I, I could really just, I could get away with it and I could be a mediocre version of me and still be doing great mm -hmm. and, and like no complaints really. And then you came along and it was like, oh no, we're growing. And it was just, it was so fun to always be on the edge. It was like being at the top of a roller coaster 
all the time, like, what's going to happen? Like, I know I'm going to be safe because I'm on the track, but oh my gosh, <laughs> here we go. And, and so that my friendships have developed into that now where like, no one's going to take me with my BS anymore. <laughs> I get called forward on my BS and it's great. <laughs> yeah. And so, and so, and we were both learning to do that with each other. It wasn't yes. like, that was just like a natural thing for me at that time too, but we were both learning to be that for each other. And I also, what you said about, I understand I'm safe and there's such a place that I had not go, gone to. And especially with my people pleaser and especially with all the stories from that. And even some stories I've worked through lately that oh my gosh, if I say that, or if I hold them to that, are they not going to like me anymore? Are they going to leave? Are they no longer going to be friends with me? And I feel like us growing together and learning to navigate friendship, but also at the same time, like being the friend that will call you forward in such a loving way was such a powerful insight for me in how I got to be in relationships. Yeah, it's beautiful. And, and I, I mean, ever since you and I started this path, cause I can really say you are the first person where that's been the case for me. That's how I've built friendships from this point forward. And it mm-hmm. feels really empowering and powerful. And, you know, people call me now when they want to be called forward, <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, Wendy's not going to let me get away with my stuff. Better I call her, you know, cause I know I'd, I would really want to get away with it. And I know I could get away with it with 90% of the people in my life, but yeah. like, I now have that reputation where it's like, I will lovingly call you forward and put the mirror up and, when you're committed to growth as a human, that's where we're the space that we want to be. We lie to ourselves so often because we don't want to face what really is. We don't really, we want to protect ourselves from pain or fear. We want to be in our level of comfort. And so, you know, this kind of relationship might not be for everyone. Mm -hmm. And yet, it's where, you know, for me, like in my personal power, I get to choose, like, this is the life I want to lead. This is what's important to me is to keep growing, to accept who I am right here, right now, love myself as I am and to take it to the next level. Because when I can feel that way about myself, I want other people to be able to do it too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's the thing is like when you get into the world of personal growth and you start seeing the impact with yourself, then it's like you want it for everyone around you. And sometimes that can cause challenges in our families and our friends and different things like that. And so I I actually, I was just telling you before we hit record that uh, my son and I were working through just a couple of things last week. And we were talking about growing, like, oh, girl, I like, I'm always talking about, oh, this is a growth with both of them. Oh, this is a growth opportunity. Oh, this is a growth opportunity. And always talking about growing. And I see that as we're always on the journey. We're always growing all the things. But the interpretation from my son, when we had a really honest conversation was that 
it's the it's the same thing of like a partner when you're having a conversation with them and they're seeing that you're trying to fix them. Yeah. You're seeing that there's something wrong with them. And so I got to really look at one, my delivery and to look at, you know, a couple things for myself and also just being open that grow and, and reframe it with him about even what I meant by it. Cause we make the assumption that somebody's going to understand what we mean and something so incredibly simple. I was going up to Wisconsin last week and they have a quick trip. That's like all their, all their gas stations is quick trip and their quick trip is spelled K W I K T R I P. Mm -hmm. I in Missouri in this area have our really big gas station that we really like is quick trip. And it is Q U I C K T R I P. And so when I was in Wisconsin and my friend is like, Hey, we're going to meet at the quick trip. I'm looking for quick trip, Q-U-I-C-K, and she's <laughs> looking for quick trip, K-W-I-K. And it really got me present to even the exact same word ha can have such a different meaning and people are going to two different destinations. Yes. And, and so even this situation with my son had me really look at like, oh, I get to be clearer in my messaging here. Um, and so I want to talk about one of the things that I learn from you constantly is navigating family relationships and you are the expert at this. So I really want to talk about some things that you're noticing. And I think my dog might be um, chewing up my, Hey, Oreo. My it's funny. Dad. My dog's chewing something up right now too. <laughs> so. Like he's never ever chewed on my desk and I'm, and it's a nice desk and I do not want him chewing on my desk. And I'm like, what is going on? So, um, so, okay. So talk to me about your family thought yeah. or, yeah, I mean, oh my gosh. So there's, I mean, we could, we could go so many different directions right now, but the key for me is, is having a vision of what I want to be able to create, of what I want to create for myself in relationship with my child, for what my child is asking for on the other side. Like I get to be really intentional about what, what is the end goal? Like, where are we going with this? What do I get to land right now? And so once I'm crystal clear on what that is, and it could be different for different scenarios, um, then I get to go in as a listener. I get to go in being super present and just listening to everything that's going on. And my mind wants to, and as I, as I practice this, my mind jumps like three steps ahead sometimes where I'm like, I know where they're going. Isn't this what it is? And so I end up sometimes interrupting and it's like, oh, stop, stop interrupting. Stop Wendy, just be quiet for a moment and let, no matter how long it takes them to get the message out, let them feel complete in what they're trying to say before I interject anything. And so it's fascinating because my, my, one of my daughters right now is at boarding school and she is having a hard time with her roommate. They're just, you know, and, and she has not shared a room since she was a little girl with her sister and 
She likes the school. She likes all the thing. Her stretch is her relationship with her roommate. And when it's not working in a few ways. And so we were talking about it and she was actually asking me for support, which is great. So, I mean, that's one thing is I get permission from them before you coach them. Oh, like do not go in and coach unless you have permission to do so. So I had permission and I almost always ask, even if they're calling me to ask for support in that moment, I'll say, do you want to know what I have to say? Do you want to know what I'm hearing? Do you want to know what my thoughts are? And And I will always ask that. And she will either say yes or no. In this case, she said yes. And I said, okay, well, this is what I'm hearing you say. And so I I bring it back. And then I go back into, and what I think you want is dot, 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 dot. Is that correct? Um, Yeah, that's what I said, but that's not what I want. Okay, so what do you want? So I get to get clear. Like I get to know what I want out of the conversation, but I also get to get clear on what she wants out of the conversation or what she wants out of the relationship with a roommate or what, you know. And so bottom line was, is like I went into the conversation wanting for her to have the capacity and the possibility of like, you could have a 10 out of 10 with your roommate. And she's like, I don't want a 10 out of 10 with my roommate. I'm like, oh. Oh. So, so, So I don't get to judge you for not wanting a 10 out of 10. So, okay. You just want to be able to tolerate one another at this point, which is like a six. And right now it's at a three. So, okay. We still have some work to do and maybe in the process we'll end up getting to a 10. I don't know, but right now we're going to work on getting from a, a three to a six, whatever that is. And so I got to the point in the conversation. She's like, mom, this is just too, I don't know if I could do this. This is too hard. I'm not responsible. Mm. and I'm like, okay, well, if you're not responsible, who is, she says, she is. And I'm like, okay, I can see how, yes, she is, but it's not her without you. It's both of you, but I don't want to be responsible. I'm like, okay, yeah, I can appreciate that. Yeah, totally. I'm like, there's a difference. I've had those days. I know. (laughs) I'm like, I can appreciate the difference between I'm not responsible and I don't want to be responsible. I'm like, great. So then I just threw out an analogy and I'm like, and water doesn't care if it's wet. And she's like, what does that even mean? I'm like, well, water's wet. Like you get water on you and you're going to be wet whether you like it or not. (laughs) So, you know, there's nothing right, wrong, good or bad about that. It just is what it is. And you are responsible whether you want to be or not. (laughs) It just is so how do you want to show up in this? Well, I can't do it by myself. I'm like, great. Have you talked to another adult there? Or have you talked to another adult at all other than me about this? No. I'm like, okay. Is there an adult that you would like to talk to there? I guess I could talk to the dorm parent. Like, yeah, I think that would be a really great idea. And so they have a meeting set up for Wednesday. And, and so, and I just got to let go of like, you know, she doesn't have to be best friends with a roommate. Like, you know, obviously, obviously sometimes we get put into situations with people that we just don't click with necessarily. Um, there, like, if it were me in that room, like I'd go jump all in, but it's not me. It's my 14 year old daughter and she gets to handle it how she wants to handle it in this moment. And it's going to work. And I have, I have total hundred percent faith that it's going to work. However it works. I'm unattached, Mm -hmm. but 
what was so beautiful about some of the things she sent me, she sent me seven recordings of her having the conversation so that I would have like the context, like as it was, I'm like, wow, first of all, she trusts me enough to send me these recordings. Like, hello, I'm doing my job. So she trusts me enough. And then I'm chuckling because I'm like, oh, she sounds like me. (laughs) She's being neutral. She's not taking it personally. She's not fighting all the things. And so I was, I acknowledged her for all of that. And then my son heard a little snippet of one of them. Cause he happened to be walking in the room when I was listening and he's like, she sounds like you. And I'm like, yep. So there's that other feedback of like, not only does my son hear me, but he hears that her sister is now sounding like me. And it's like, okay, maybe they actually are. And they are, they're listening all the time. And so be the person, be the communicator, be the listener and, and, and that, that you want them to be, because even if they're not being it and doing it in the moment, they are hearing you. And the more you repeat it, um, the, the more it gets into their bones and into their DNA. And, you know, it, it doesn't mean that there's not going to be conflict. There's going to be conflict. Of course we're humans. It's what we do. We do it really well. And (laughs) we like to be right about it. We do, you know, but you know, when you can go in with the intention and with the way of being and with the listening and with the reflecting and the responsible responding and talking about possibilities versus like it needing to be a certain way. And like, I could have gotten really angry about how her roommate is being right now because just justifiably don't listen i'm saying that on purpose just the, the justification is there for me to be really angry and for me to blow up and to call the school and say how dare you let this occur blah 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 blah, blah, blah. like none of that's going to do anything nothing and so and i totally trust that my daughter is going to handle it and you know she just enrolled another adult to be on her team and we'll see where it goes and I'm excited to know what happens next. Where it goes. Yes. Yeah. I think the big, there's so many things in what you just listed out in that scenario that we can, that everybody can learn from. And I can hear people being like, oh my gosh, I don't know that I can be that way. Like, yeah. uh, you know, like, how do I be neutral? How do I, because even the way that you approached it, some people are sitting there thinking like, oh my gosh, I've never, I'm even sitting there replaying a conversation that I just had with my son. And I'm thinking, dang, gosh, forgot that part, forgot mm-hmm. that part, mm-hmm. especially when it's our kids or our spouse yes. or those types of things, because there's just so much emotion and you do want the highest for them. Yeah. And we have in our mind a direction that we think they should go, a direction that we think is right for them. And that's something that I've been really, really honing in on the last few years of really letting go of it's their process, it's their journey, it's their unfolding. And we don't necessarily know what that is. I was listening to a book by um, Howard Behar the other day, and he's the, he's not the CEO of, of Starbucks. That's the other Howard, but he's, he was like one of the major other chiefs that was in it. And he's got a book called, it's not about the coffee. Great book. Great book. (laughs) And so anyone in, in, in leadership whatsoever has a company or anything uh, like read it probably 
probably the best book of the ones that I've read this month, but he did an entire chapter on compassionate emptiness. Mm. And I really resonated with the term we talk about, you and I talk about being neutral so much about when we're in a conversation, but there was something with the compassionate emptiness that was profound for me because he talked about, because you can come to a conversation with compassion and still in your mind be thinking like, this is still like, I can love you that you're in this spot. But I really think that you should be looking at it like this, you know, like, or, oh, oh, poor thing that you're going through this. Like I can have compassion, but the emptiness part and the way that he talked about it was such a deep spiritual concept of being fully empty of self. Mm, Yeah, that's beautiful. Yes. And how you can learn and it's an art it's a practice and it's not something that's going to happen immediately but also noticing where was self in that conversation or self leading that conversation rather than being in a space of compassionate emptiness and just even listening like you talked about just even listening holding space and allowing her to completely empty out everything she needed to empty without interjecting without responding without fixing all those things was an example of that. And so, and I'm not saying I didn't do those things in the conversation, but I did catch myself as soon as I did. So it's definitely not a perfect science at all. And, and it does take practice and I allow my kids to give me that feedback right away. And now they know that they can, they're never going to get in trouble. There's gonna be like, mom, stop interrupting. Or it's like, oh my gosh, yeah, sorry. Like, mom, that's not the way I see it. I'm like, okay, got it. And so I too have the same conversations of what, what I think should be or could be. And I just allow what they say to remind me, like, it is not about the shoulds. Like it is, it's just not. And I would handle it differently than my daughter's handling it. Yes. And that's perfect. She is her own child and she's her own person. And she's going to learn what she learns from this and take away what she takes away from it. And when we have a little bit of space from it, we will talk about what worked and what didn't work. And, and so it's, um, but those, those shoulds that when we should on ourselves and we should on other people, it just, it never works. And, um, it's funny because when we are in partnership and this is where we're not doing it alone, but when we're in partnership, whether we have friends or spouses or partners on the same team, co-creating with us, this idea of letting go of should, it's a lot easier than when you're just doing it on your own fighting. And so, you know, with my husband, he brings out the should all the time. And I'm like, okay, I hear what you're saying that it should be like this and it's not. (laughs) So, so we can sit here and like grieve, go through the full seven step grieving process of it, not being what you said you should, or you can just like, let that go. And like, just, it is what it is right now. Where do we want to go? Where do we want to go from here? And one of the hardest things, this is a funny story. One of the hardest things for him is for him not to coach my son because my Mm. son is an athlete. 
He's, he's the one athlete that plays all the sports that my husband loves. My kids, my other two did play sports, but not the sports that he knows anything about. Um, but he is just, oh no, hold on. I had to beep her. Oh, your dog. She's got our a dog. beep collar, the dog. Our dogs are really wanting attention right now. I know they really are right now. It's okay. <laughs> So, um, yeah, she tried to eat my son's hat, which never works. Um, and so we came up with something where dad, where, where Neil's like, but I have always want, I had always wanted one of my parents to go out in the backyard with me to throw the ball and to give me pointers and to help me be better. And I never had that. And so I want to be able to do that for Kellen because I never had that. And I'm like, okay, I love that you want to do that for him. And I can totally appreciate why you would want that. Cause you're missing, you missed that. He doesn't want it you want it. <laughs> so you get a, you get a like, okay, yeah, that's what you want. This is the same conversation of like, I had a vision of what, how I wanted this conversation to go with my daughter. But once I figured out what she wanted, it was not the same. I'm like, okay, so I can fight that we have different visions or I can join her vision knowing that it's in a, going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. Yeah. Like you're 14. We're here. This is where we are. And this is your vision right now. And I know that when you go hundred percent in your vision, your vision's just going to grow. It's just going to get bigger. And so let's go all in with yours. I'm totally on board with your vision. So, so Neil and my child and, and Kellen have now come up with this plan where Neil is either coach dad and coach dad is allowed to coach or dad, dad and dad, dad, just gets to play, go out and have a catch, go be one V one on the basketball court, whatever it is. And when you're dad, dad, you also don't get to play your hardest. You get to handicap yourself so that it's kind of even like we, we have now all these rules so that it works. It's so great because it's like setting up expectations that everybody is, you know, agreeing. It's like ground rules. Everybody's agreeing upon. Yes. Oh. It's so funny. So yesterday after basketball, Neil wanted to say one thing to our son. He's like, can I, and he asked permission. I loved that he asked for it. He's like, Helen, can I say one thing, just one thing that would really support you in your next time out playing basketball? And Kellen goes, no. And Neil's driving the car. I'm in the passenger seat. Kellen's in the back seat. And I could just tell that Neil was like dying, (laughs) wanting to say it and trying to come up with different ways to say it. I'm like, stop. He said, no, you get to like honor the no, but he wasn't going to be able to handle it. And so I being on his team, wasn't going to make him wrong for not being able to handle, not saying the one thing. Yeah, so then I played attached to, they need I, to hear it. Like, I know. And it's like, it. like my husband needed to hear it for himself. Like, <laughs> and so, so then I just played dumb. And so I knew what he wanted to say. And so I was like, man, there was one thing that really confused me in the basketball game, Neil. Like, can you explain this part to me? Because I didn't get it. So it gave Neil an outlet to say what he wanted to say, but to me, not to my son. Mm-hmm. And then my son engaged in the conversation. Oh, mom, you're so dumb. This is what really is. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then we ended up having a beautiful conversation about basketball all the way home, which is what Neil wanted. But but that's the beauty of like, I know where my husband wants to go. I know what his, his the the challenging spots are for him. And I'm on his team to support not only my husband, but, but my son and all of it. And so who do I get to be right now to bridge this gap? Cause there's a gap and it's getting wider. 
And, and so, and then it ended up just being really funny. And, and I took, you know, the heat cause mom, oh, your mom, you don't know anything about basketball. I'm like, okay. Yeah, I know. I never played. It's okay. I know a little bit, but not as much as you guys, you guys are the experts. So, but that was just, just another fun way to, you know, support what people feel like they really need in the moment and can't handle it unless they say it, just be on that team, be on their team, supporting all the beauty. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and as I'm listening, I'm thinking there's people listening in and I, and I'm even thinking of like myself back in the day that before I had the tools that I have now, if I was listening to this conversation, I would be thinking, oh my gosh, I wouldn't have even thought to frame it that way. I wouldn't have even thought to go to a question. I wouldn't have even thought or had that concept in my mind. So for somebody that's listening in that might be in that space, or maybe you've learned a few tools and that was like maybe a next level for handling that for you. Because one is, I know that this is not the way you've always been. No, (laughs) guys, it's a growth process. Yeah. I just want to free anybody that's like, this is the way Wendy's handled stuff all her life. Um, And so because of that, if somebody's, uh, if somebody's thinking like, gosh, there's some things here I would love to incorporate into my family or my relationships or anything like that. What are some tools for them that is a good starting space for them that they could start applying right now to get into the art of practicing? Yeah. So where I, I'll just tell you where I started. Um, the two conversations that really had me totally butting heads with my oldest daughter that got me to the point where I needed to take the first step to do something different. Um, but I was a mom who believed with capital T truth that if my children went to school without breakfast, that I was a bad mom, Mm -hmm. that, if I sent my kids to school without having eaten, they were going to be hungry and ornery and not able to concentrate. And, you know, who sends their kids to school hungry? Like my, my thought was if they don't eat breakfast, they're going to be hungry. And only a bad mom does that. So, I mean, this was the capital T truth. Like this wasn't a little thing. This was like, no, this was like, you are going to eat. And it, it became terrible in the mornings because my kids didn't want to eat. I'm so laughing right now. (laughs) Say this is because you created a best friend in your life. that is an incredibly picky eater and then skips breakfast all the time. (laughs) (laughs) But I literally thought that I was going to go to jail. I was going to go to mom jail because I did not feed my children. Morning. This is where it began, Carrie. Like I was so controlling. And then that was just the first thing. Like, and so we went, I I realized that I was butting heads with my and then third grader. I'm like, this is not working. This is beyond my pay grade. I need some help. So I went to a psychologist, uh, a child psychologist, because I thought it was my kid's problem, not mine. Of course. Which is so, I'm like, oh my God, it is not, it's not your child's problem. <laughs> so, um, so but we can believe that as a capital T truth. Oh, too. we could totally believe that that's a capital T, T truth. And, and, you know, as a pediatric physical therapist, of course, I'm not saying that there's not things going on with your child, children. Like, yes, 
there absolutely can be. And we get to, you know, respond with that in, in a responsible way. And so many of the conflicts and the power struggles that we create in our homes, we are creating because we feel like we need to be in control because of whatever story that we've told ourselves. So, um, when, when my, when the psychologist asked, she's like, well, what would it look like if they just didn't eat breakfast? And I was like, shocked. I'm like, what? What do you mean? No breakfast. I can't send them to school without breakfast. Why? Well, because then they're going to be hungry and tired and ornery. And she's like, but what if they're not hungry? Do you like to eat when you're not hungry? I'm like, no. What if they're not hungry? What if you just try it? <laughs> Do you mean I can just try it? Yes. What if you just tried it? Like offer them breakfast and if they want it, great. And if they don't want it, great. Right. I'm like, can I do that? Like, is that really like, oh, is that's a possibility? She's like, yes. But the thing is, is if they don't want the breakfast, you get to be okay with it. And that was where I had to take a deep breath. And so that's the first tool, you guys. You just, you got to look at what are the stories that you're telling yourself that you know is the capital T truth. And I can almost guarantee you it is not. So what other interpretations can there be? Look at that. And then the second thing is breathing. Like literally breathe before you say anything breathe before you do anything, just stop. Sometimes when I breathe and I'm just there in, a, in the moment, like I want to react, I want to say something, I want to, you know, just go off, whatever, whatever I want to do. When I just stop and breathe, sometimes three big breaths, just like that changes the entire energy of the room. And I've almost forgotten by the end of the third breath, what I was going to say or why I was going to say it in the first place. And it's like, oh, okay. And things shift. So, so number one, look at what you're saying that is a capital T truth as your job as a parent. And is that really true? Uh, second, breathe. And then third, this is so funny. Just repeat back to them what they say. If you don't know what to say or where to go, you just repeat exactly what they said. So my son was always like, I don't want to go to school today. I'm not going to school today. Now I could say like, dude, you're going to school today. Like, of course you're going to school today. Now that just creates the power struggle. So Neil actually called it the dead eye mind trick. And this was kind of at the beginning of like, well, I don't even know what to say, but I'm just going to try this. So he would say, mom, I'm not going to school today. And I would say, Kellen, I hear you say you're not going to school today. And then I would say nothing. Mom, I'm not going to school today. Kellen, I hear you say you're not going to school today. And by the third time, he's like, what are you making me for lunch? <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's so funny because I know somebody listening in is like, but if I agree with them or if I repeat it back, that means I'm agreeing with them and I, they don't have to go to school. And I'm like, I, that's totally would have been my interpretation. Yeah. Well, and it's so funny because it's like, if you think about it, you're not saying you're not agreeing with them and you're not saying it's right or wrong or good or bad or anything. You're just saying what you heard them say. And so, you know, I can say that I've, never had him not go to school because of these conversations. We might've been a couple minutes late. And that was another thing that I needed to let go of Ooh. was my, was my 
like need to be on time. And that if I'm not five, at least five minutes early to a place that I'm late, like I really needed to let go of that. And how I let go of that is I would almost treat it being late as like an emergency, like sirens blaring, blasting emergency. Like, like that's how it felt inside my body. And so I would say myself the mantra, it is not an emergency unless we are actually going to the hospital. It's actually not an emergency. It's really not. It's okay. And so I would just, these are the things that I said to myself at the beginning stages of my now being able to be masterfully neutral when I really wasn't neutral at all. And all I wanted to do was explode and be the tornado and the hurricane and just add to the chaos. Those were the first things that I used to, to calm myself down. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. And it shows so much how we all have the right way in our head. And it's so different for each of us. (laughs) And we're so back to what you said, capital T truth. And if you've got more than one kid, they're all, they've all got their own ways. And, and even like, I think back to my childhood and think about some things that like, it was the way because of my parents way, you know, and now the things that I'm like, I was so irritated with that because I did not believe that was the way. And our kids are doing the same thing with us. And it's like, where do we get to let go with some of those things? Um, so I'm reading 60 books this year. I'm on a goal. I'm on a goal to read more books than watch Hallmark movies. (laughs) (laughs) How many movies have you watched so far this year? Um, only two. And I've read four books. Well, look at you. I know. I know. So I'm actually really proud, but you know, Christmas season and Hallmark, there's a lot of Hallmark movies. (laughs) You're so funny. (laughs) So I got to give myself a little buffer. So, so anyway, I was making it fun. So one of the things that I'm doing with all of my guests is, uh, finding out books that they love to read. And so on this topic that you just were talking about, what are a couple of books that massively made a difference in the way that you communicated or something like that, that also could be a tool for people listening. Okay. Here's the book right here. I love it. I oh, read of it course. three times. <laughs> it's called nonviolent communication, a language of life. And it's written by Marshall Rosenberg. So this is, this is a go-to. Uh, there are lots of other authors who write about uh, nonviolent communication or as it's also referred, uh, compassionate communication, which are also really good. Uh, And Marshall Rosenberg uh, is the founder of that. So that's a great one. I'm also reading a great book right now, Alfie Cohn. Oh, that was going to be my next question. I love how you read my mind. I know this happens. Uh, Punished by Rewards. And it is mind-blowing, jaw-dropping. Yeah, we were just talking about this the other day. Yeah, it is. It's so good because, and, and this book came in for me, you know, when the student is ready, the teacher arrives. Teacher appears. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I don't know if I had if I would have read this book in its entirety, and I'm still, I still have two chapters to go because I'm really absorbing it, but I may have picked up this book a two or three years ago and put it down immediately going, I don't believe in this. I like, I don't care if the science is there. This is not blah, 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 what is happening. But I recently, because of some of the experiences that I've had with my kids, I 
I have a vision and a purpose for what I am and who I am as a parent and it's evolved over time. And, and there's no, and I always tell people, there's no such thing as too big a vision or too small a vision, just commit to it. And when you commit to it all in, it will evolve and morph and you just get to keep going and doors will open. And then, you know, so now my, my vision and my purpose as a parent is to be the person who supports and ignites and fans the flame of other people's internal flames. Like my kids included, my job is to make sure that her internal flame is roaring, whatever that, whatever that live from within. And so this book arrived because in, in my, well, I don't even know. I think, I think I listened to someone in a podcast, they said it and I was like, oh gosh, I need to write that down. Um, and then got it right away. But we know, most of us know now that punishment doesn't really work. What we didn't know is that rewards and praise are just as bad. And the reason why is because people are still looking outside of themselves Mm -hmm. to behave or modify behavior versus looking within. And anytime we look outside of ourselves for appreciation or acknowledgement or approval or recognition, or I got it right, or looking for someone else to say the thing. I had to beeper again. (laughs) I know poor Maz, she's learning my little puppy. I know I have a beeping collar and it's like, when you're allowed to do it, it's Mm -hmm. fine. When you're not allowed to do it, it beeps. So, um, but Anytime you look outside of yourself for the reward, you're diminishing your own internal flame to the point where when you're an adult and someone asks you, what do you want? A lot of times you don't know the answer Mm -hmm. because you've looked outside of you at the traditions and the expectations and the agendas of our culture and our traditions and our family and our teachers for so long that you might not even know. And so I'm now seeing that like, oh my gosh, not only does punishment do that, but rewards do it too. So let's find another way. And so, you know, as I, you know, my purpose, cause it's easier, it's easy to say my job is to ignite and fan the flames of somebody else's internal flame. But it's like, okay, how do I actually do that? Like, what do I, how can I be, who do I get to be? What do I get to do to make that work? And I'm navigating my way through it, through trial and error And also now I have this book that I haven't gotten to the chapter yet, actually, that says, what do you do? But it's really fun because as I'm doing the, like reading the first chapters, I'm coming up with my own ideas. I was like, well, if it's not this, then it could be that maybe I'll try that. And so, I mean, I'll see when I get to the chapter, if those are some of the things that he chose of things that you could do instead, Mm -hmm. but bottom line is it's not a quick fix. And we are so into the quick fix. Especially now, especially Especially. in our culture right now, like, and even even like when you're talking about vision and different things like that, like we want the microwave vision result. And so how often right now have we been trained with quick fixes and we, and we see someone else's success or different things like that. And when we see it, we're thinking like, oh, well, it's supposed to happen as fast for me or, or you don't see the backstory of how long it really took or all the things that that was created by that, whether it's their health journey, their business journey, their family, their restoring of their marriage, whatever, but you see something and you're just like, oh, it's supposed to happen overnight. And 
we have such a, such a, like we're beating ourselves up because we feel like things aren't happening fast enough. Yeah. You know, and that's where we get to, yes, life is urgent. You get to, you know, see this day as a possibility. Like it might be our last day. How do we want to live it? Like we could, we get to do that. And we also get to recognize that, especially with some of these deeper, you know, emotional intelligence, leadership, vision qualities, like this takes time to, mm-hmm. you know, shift and to change our DNA and to, you know, you, you can't just expect it to happen overnight, but is that really what we really want? Like we, we may say, I want it to be a quick fix, but like how boring. Yeah. It's kind of like the crystal ball question. Yeah. It's like, if you could know everything that's going to happen for the rest of your life, would you really want to know? And it's like, you think you do, but like how, just like you said, how boring would it be living this life boring. if you knew everything that was going to happen all the time? Or or if you weren't growing or if you weren't challenged or if like, if everything worked perfectly every day and you lived a Pollyanna life, like what? No, thank you. Mm-hmm. I like, I want to be, I, I want to obviously love and enjoy all of the things that are working and knowing that there's just always another level where it gets to work at a higher level. And then when it's working for me and my family, for me, it's not enough just to be like hoarding it. It's mm-hmm. like, how do I get this out to the masses? Mm-hmm. How do I develop leadership like this in others? And, and, and when you think about what does others mean, it's just all the other people and okay, that person is very different from that one. And that one is very different. And that one has a very different culture of that one. And it's like, oh my gosh, I get to learn so many cool skills. And I don't have to have them all down pat overnight. No, not at all. It's, it's, but we do get to be willing to step outside of our comfort zone and start having the conversations to really get to know people and to want to have the conversations that go beyond, um, you know, what's really coming up for me right now is just a conversation that I heard recently of this person's way of being wasn't working, but when it was brought up to her, she said, oh, well, you're just a racist because you're white and I'm Asian. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's like, stop. Nobody has a monopoly on ways of being. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you might be a different color than me. You might be from a different culture, but all of us can do kindness. All of us can have peace. All of us can be courageous. All, all of, of us, us can have access to all, all of us ways of being. All of us have access to all those ways of being. And so all I'm talking about right now, you know, from what I heard from this conversation was that one person was calling someone forward on ways of being that weren't working. And the other one was like, I don't want to look in the mirror with that. You're just being racist. Mm-hmm. And like, so when we, when we think about some of the quote unquote hard conversations that we get to have where they've maybe been taboo subjects, politics, race, religion, sex, whatever it is, those don't get to be taboo topics. We actually get to go into them and go in courageously because you might rub some people, but then how cool to practice that you mm-hmm. go in. Okay. I tried this. That didn't work. Okay, great. How do I get to be next time? Go in again. Go in again, go in again, because if you really want to have relationships that are deep and authentic and connected, you get to not have anything off the table. Mm -hmm. And I think what's you, and you mentioned this earlier, but I think one of the biggest things is grounding into the, what do I actually want from this conversation? And if it's about making someone wrong, 
If it's coming from that place, if it's coming from a very triggered place, then you want to check yourself uh, and really ground back into how do I get to have this conversation in a way that serves and that, and, and that that's, you know, just like you said, there's two people in a conversation. So there's multiple things there. And when we can have courageous conversations, sometimes that courageous conversation is between a husband and a wife yes. you know, and, and having and allowing and not making each other wrong and allowing each other to be heard, which you beautifully demonstrated with the conversation of your, with your daughter on how that can look like, then we just have such an opportunity to heal ourselves, mm-hmm. heal with each other and create this new level of relationships, but it won't happen unless we're willing to go all the places. So it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And this has been an amazing conversation, which I knew it would, and we're going to bring so many more to you. And so I just wanted to say, thank you for having this conversation with me and bringing the tools in no less of uh, just even those three simple things that you simple but it's not always easy. Not yes. always easy. Simple, not <laughs> always easy. Brought. And so definitely let us know if you, what you learned from this, what you're applying from this, what you're going to, what you're going to attempt in the next conversation, see how it works. And I'm going to go back to the Kellen repeating for school and he eventually goes. So try that out there. Try it out in your household this week. So for those who have kids. So (laughs) awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Wendy. Thank you, Carrie. Great to be here. Have a great day, everyone. I would too. Okay. Bye, guys. Thanks for tuning in for today's show. If you are wanting to make sure you don't miss an episode, go ahead and hit the subscribe button. And because we are all about impacting and supporting others, if this is something you know that a friend or someone else would definitely get benefit of it, be sure to share it with them. Here's to living another day as grace on fire.